0: If you would, bow with me in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to be here today to encourage one another to remember Christ and His sacrifice. And it is our prayer that our love will be made deeper, that our faith will be made stronger, and that our courage will be even bolder because of the time that we have spent here today. It's in the name of your son that we pray, amen. I've told you for the last three weeks that I love being a part of this congregation. And I hope that you feel the same way and I hope that you're having conversations about this church family in the different areas that you spend time. Whether it be in your own home, whether it be at work, at school, at play, wherever your life finds you, I hope that you're having conversations about what God is doing through this church family and how he is working through you here. And I hope that you look forward to opportunities like this when we're able to come together and and to bring our individual lives of worship to one place and to offer up praise and to be able to encourage one another. And I hope that the time that we spend together is always one that is rewarding. It's a time that is challenging for you. And it's a time that allows you to move closer to God so that you can engage others with the message of Jesus Christ. And I want you to be telling East Brainerd stories and I want you to talk about the fact that, hey, next week is going to be Watts and man, we're gonna have a fantastic time. If you've never been a part of Watts before and wonder, what is this We Are the Sermon? Just show up in some work clothes next week. We'll help you get connected to a work group. And then after we share in communion with one another, we're going to go out all over the area and participate in different uh, service opportunities that have already been planned and and been put together and you'll be talking more about that in your Bible class make sure you are signing up if you have not already because we want to make sure that uh, we have a listing of those who are signed up so we know how many is kind of in, in each group and with each team and that way we can help place others that are saying I'd really like to be connected somewhere we want to make that connection possible And so go ahead and do that. Tell, tell those stories. Tell the stories about, hey, this Wednesday is going to be an opportunity to pack snacks again. What, we're doing 5,000? 5,000, not 10, right? 5,200. Hey, we're doing 5,200 bags. We need your help this Wednesday to pack these 5,200 bags. Go tell that story. Talk about the way in which the East Brainerd congregation has helped your family, how it's motivated your children, how it's changed your perspective on what it is that you live for. Tell these stories because you love being a part of this congregation. It's who we are. And so, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about our church. We've talked about our church's history. We've talked about our church's Present, and today I want us to talk about our church's future. Last week we said that our congregation is a multicultural congregation. We're multicultural, we're multigenerational, and we pattern our theology and practice after the Churches of Christ. That's who we are. We're the East Brainerd Church of Christ. And our history has impacted who we are in the present. And we continually strive to find out what it means to live out the kingdom call of God together. And sometimes we do that very well. And other times we, we struggle with that. Because it's not easy having all kinds of different ages a part of one congregation. It is not easy having a congregation that has some 1,000 members who call this place home and that come from different backgrounds and different countries and speak different languages and, and have different thoughts on all kinds of things. And yet, we are all brought together and unified by the blood of Jesus Christ and our faith and the fact that it is through Jesus that we have salvation. And because of that unity, we are able to join together and God uses each individual life to be able to impact those who are here in the Chattanooga area. And it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. In our church though, in order to truly be Christ's church, we have to resemble Christ. And that makes sense, right? If you're going to call yourself the church, of Christ then I hope you do that because you resemble Christ and not just because you found a certain name in a certain scripture somewhere and thought well that's a good name so why don't we just just call ourselves that but we're only Christ church to the extent that we resemble Christ and it would be great it, it would be great if we could just ask Siri what that means you know don't you just love the way The way Siri works. I mean, you can find out almost anything that you want to know. Hey Siri, what was the score of the Georgia Florida game last night? Florida was soundly defeated by Georgia yesterday. The final score was 42 to 7. Isn't it amazing the things that you can find out from Siri? Man, it is amazing those things that can be found out. Hey, Siri, how does a church resemble Christ? Here's what I found on the web for how does the church resemble Christ. Have a look. Have a look on the web. Wow, man, there is all kinds of things that just popped up. How a church can resemble Christ. Four ways the modern church looks nothing like the early church. Six ways the Bible tells us what church is supposed to look like. And you can just keep on, keep on going. It'd be great if that's all it took, you know, to figure out what church was and what church was to be like. Let's just, let's just Google. Let's just Google and try to, to figure out who it is that we are going to be and what it is that we need to, to be about. Sadly though, it just doesn't work out that way. It's a little bit more difficult. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's not as hard as we think it is when it comes to finding out exactly what the church is supposed to be about and how the church is supposed to look. The Apostle John would write to the church and he would say, you know, anyone who claims to be in Christ must walk as Jesus did. Sounds pretty straightforward, doesn't it? What does it mean, though, to walk in those footsteps? And churches for generations have been struggling over this idea as to what exactly it looks like. And and there have been many different lessons, probably like the one that I'm going to give today, as people have said, what are we going to be as a church and who are we going to look like? And the different things that I'm going to bring up are nothing novel. It's nothing that is new. It's nothing that is going to be earth-shattering. But as I've been telling you that this week will be the week that we talk about where we're going and what we're going to look like, and who we're going to be in the future. And I know that for each of you, you have had your own ideas to what you think that I might be saying today. And I joked with somebody and I said, you know what, I think everybody coming is going to be disappointed today in one way or the other. Because you probably will not hear exactly what it is that you expect to hear. But just like you can ask Siri, how can I get from one location to another? I'm going to play Siri today for a little bit, and when we think about this idea of how can we go and be the church that truly resembles Christ, I want to share with you a few things that I found in Scripture that I think speak to who it is that we will be in the future. If we're going to be this church that resembles Christ, then we will walk by faith and not by fear. In Acts chapter 4, there is this picture of Peter and John and the fact that they had been arrested because they had performed this mighty miracle and done this great act of healing. They were arrested. They were taken before the religious court, the Jewish religious court at the time, and they were commanded and told they could no longer speak in the name of Jesus Christ. They could no longer do mighty acts in His name. They decided, however, that it was more important to obey God instead of men. And when they were released, they returned to the church family. They returned to the other believers, the other disciples. And in verse 29 of chapter 4, you find the ending to a prayer that those believers prayed. And they said, now, Lord, consider their threats, those that had been made against Peter and John, And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness." Now boldness is what got them in trouble. Boldness is what got them arrested. Boldness is why they were in the situation that they were were in, and it created the problem. And yet, here they are praying for boldness. And from my 21st century perspective, I look at this and say, I think you're pretty bold. You preached a lesson, 3,000 people were baptized. I read through Scripture and see the changes that were made in whole communities, and I think, I I think you're pretty bold already. And yet they say, make us bold. And I want to ask you something. When was the last time you prayed for boldness? When was the last time you heard someone stand up in the middle of this congregation and say, Lord, make us bold? If we're not known for anything else, let us be known for boldness. And I wonder if it's even in our vocabulary anymore, to speak the word and be a witness in the marketplace. Now, I'm not saying that we should be praying for weirdness. That's a totally different prayer. But to pray for boldness. They also said, and Lord, stretch out your hand to heal and perform mighty signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Do you understand what they were asking for in this prayer? They were asking to be able to go out into their community and around people who did not believe, around people who were skeptical, and to be able to do something that was so utterly amazing that the people would say, that has to be an act of God. You see, the healings that took place, the miracles that were done by these early followers, we're not done just so there could be a magic sideshow going on in town, and it was not done just so the person who was healed could have new life. It was so all those who were around who heard of what had taken place would stop and consider God and consider his son and consider his spirit. What if you were to begin to pray a version of this? What if you were to begin to pray and say, God, would you please stretch out your hand and do something through me? Do something through me in my secular community, among my unbelieving friends, among my anti-church friends, among my friends who have walked away from the faith. So often I get tongue-tied and I don't know what to say, and I'm always afraid to bring up your name. But would you fill me with boldness, not for my benefit, not for the church's benefit, but for the benefit of those who might believe. Can you imagine what would happen if going forward each individual in our church would add to their prayers, God, would you give me boldness with my friends? Would you give me boldness to see opportunities? And would you stretch out your hand to do something through me in my sphere of influence so that my friends and so that my children, those who maybe have already written you off, maybe those who have walked away will give you a second chance if we want to resemble Christ? then we must walk by faith and not by fear. We also must focus more on our worshipful service than on our worship services. Read that closely. If a church is to resemble Christ, then they will focus more on their worshipful service than on their worship services. Christ did not give His life So that you and I could meet for an hour and sing hymns and praises. And yet for many Christians, the hour that we spend together on a Sunday morning has become the litmus test of their Christianity. The early disciples met together in order to remember Christ and encourage one another to love and and serve. And when we look at our gatherings and our times that we come together, We need to be asking questions like, how can we structure our gatherings in such a way that those who attend are best equipped to remember Christ and be motivated towards love and good deeds? That's the question that we need to be asking. Those are the things that we need to be focused on. Our gatherings are opportunities to recharge so that we can live our life through the kingdom ethic of Christ. But these recharging times are not the only time in our Christian faith. This is not the most important piece of Christianity. Our time here as we gather is not what makes us Christ Church. It is not what we do here that distinguishes us from the rest of the world. It is the way in which we live our life by faith and share love with all those who are around us and call individuals into a right relationship with God. That's what separates us from everybody else, not what we do in here. Our nation is becoming more divided. Children in our own community do not have enough food to eat over the weekends. Marriages are crumbling. There is an opioid crisis that is destroying entire communities. And we as the ambassadors of God's kingdom do not have the luxury of playing worship games. And so we're not going to focus on the worship services and let that be the end all for everything that takes place in our Christian faith. Instead, as Christ We will go outside the camp, and we will focus on those opportunities where we have to share the kingdom message and live out the kingdom ethic. That's why you hear us talking about things like our snack pack ministry. That's why we talk about the Want To Foundation. That's why we mention warm coats for cool kids. That's why we have Watts Sunday. That's why we send the Turners to language school. That's why Jeremy and Whitney are in Peru. That's why Jordan is in the Dominican. Because our focus is not on what takes place in here, in this room. Our focus is on what God is doing outside these walls. So how should you look at our time together going forward? Look forward to it. Be excited by it. Get up early so that you can be here to have donuts at 8.30 and drink a cup of coffee with a friend or a stranger in our lobby. Participate to the loudest extent as we sing praises together. Be humbled before God. Fall to your knees if you must. Raise your hands in praise. Open up the scripture and allow the tears to pour as God speaks to you. But understand this time that we spend together is a time that should change you tomorrow and impact the way in which you live your life at work and at home and at school. That is where your Christian faith is displayed, not here during this hour. And so we will focus more on our worshipful service than our worship services. Going forward, we will also build bridges instead of barriers. In Acts chapter 15, there is a dissension that is described. The gospel is spreading. Jews and Gentiles are coming to faith. And initially, when the good news of Christ was first shared, it was, it was initially to those of, of the Jewish background, of the, the Hebrew faith. But as the message began to expand, those who were outside of that Jewish community began to come to faith in Christ. And because of the disdain that those two ethnic groups had for one another, there was dissension that arose. And there were some who were Jewish that felt that the Gentiles needed to become Jews before they could become Christians, that they needed to follow the law of Moses in order to receive the grace of Christ. And so, message got back to the apostles in Jerusalem, and there was a meeting that was held, and different things were were said and discussed. But if you were to look in Acts chapter 15 and verse 19— You see where James stands up and he says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who were turning to God. When you read the full section in the context of the message that he has, you understand that he's saying, you know what? I know that there are standards and I know that there are commandments and that God is a God of absolutes. And I know that Jesus came to live a life of grace and forgiveness. And I know that sometimes there's a conflict when those ideas of uh, grace and truth come together and it gets messy and we don't always know how to sort it out. But he's decided, he says, here's what the conclusion is. As this movement continues and more and more people are called out of darkness into light, we should not make it difficult for the people who are coming to God. This is about outreach. It's about the people who are not here yet. It's about the people who are considering the message of Jesus. And friends, anything that we do that makes it difficult for these people is to stand against the will of God. It's what James said then, and it's the same thing that God is speaking today. Often the first contact others have with God is contact with our church family. And because of relationships that they have with you, Many people come and say, you know what, I want to be a part. I want a family like this. And they ask, can I be a part of your family? And we want that. We want to be able to share how that more and more people are becoming a part of the East Brainerd family. But understand, more than being a part of our family, we want you to be a part of of God's family. And like our own children, the journey of faith and repentance takes time. That's why when people come and say, we want to be a part of the East Brainerd family, we do not have it as a policy that you first have to be baptized here in order to be a part of this family. You say, well, why is that? Because I thought that you had to get baptized at the church in order to be a part of that particular church. Like I mentioned, with our own children, it's a journey of faith and repentance takes time. You've seen that with your own kids. You've seen that with your own grandkids. And yet you consider them to be a part of the church family here, right? See, there are people that come and say, you know what? I want what you have. I want the family atmosphere. I want people to encourage me. I want to experience the love that you have to share. I want to have that. And they say, can we be a part And oftentimes, people that come, they don't understand all of our history, and they don't know where we have come from. They don't know where we're at at the present. They don't even know where we're headed in the future. They just know what they see. And what they see is something that is drawing them to God, and they're learning more and more, and they say, we want to be a part of that family. As a leadership, we say, great, come and be a part of our family. We will not baptize anyone into the East Brainerd Church of Christ because we do not have scriptural authority to do so. But we will, without hesitation, call everyone to be baptized into the body of Christ. And so that's why we tell individuals that come here and want to be a part of our family. Sure, come, learn, understand, repent, believe. Allow the message of God to, to just drench your soul. And we long for the day that you're able to say, you know what, I want to submit my life to Jesus Christ. We want to have more baptisms here, not fewer. But we do not want to have to set up hoops that people jump from, barriers to put in front of people that Scripture did not place. Because we desire to build bridges to those who are discovering who they are in the great family of God. We are more concerned with your relationship to God, if you were here visiting with us today, than your relationship with our East Brainerd family. But if you would like to be a part of our East Brainerd family, and if you would like to be a part of that journey as we can together walk with you, then we ask and invite and welcome you with open arms. Your relationship with our family is just the beginning. Here's another one, we will advance the kingdom instead of preserving our own status quo. Those of you who are business owners, do you remember when you had nothing to preserve because you had nothing? Remember what that was like? And then you just stepped out on faith. There was fear, but that faith was the overriding factor. And then the larger that you became, the more risk adverse you became because now you had more to preserve and you had more that you wanted to hold to. And I'm afraid that our tendency is to be a lot like the Jews that you read about in the New Testament. As the message began expanding from those who were Jews into the Gentile community, there was this fear that was taking place, that people were being allowed in, that, that, that didn't measure up, that didn't fit. And there was a, a circling of the wagons, so to speak, by the Jewish community. And they felt like, you know what, God gave us this law and, and we can't let people trample on this law, we've got to preserve it. And in their effort to preserve what they had been given in the past, they forgot to advance the kingdom that was in the present and going into the future. And Jesus came along and he said, we're going to advance and we're going to love and we're going to give people second, third, and fourth chances, even if it's messy. And we must not mis- make the mistake and allow our desires to preserve the status quo, override our mission to advance the kingdom. And I've talked to you before about this idea on how there was a time years ago that this church congregation had to have multiple worship services because you met over together in that children's center. Remember that time when that was the only auditorium area that you had? And you, so many people were being brought to Christ that you had to say, we've got to do something different here. And so you began to have multiple services because you couldn't fit everybody in at one time. And then the decision was made and the vision was given. Hey, we've got so many. Let's build a new facility so that we can all fit and worship together at one time. And that was a great opportunity. And so many of you were generous and gave and we just celebrated this year the fact that this facility is paid off. But let me ask you a question. Are you satisfied with just filling this building? Because if you are, then you're You're saying, I just want to preserve the status quo. I'm not interested in advancing the kingdom. In the future going forward, I'm looking forward to the day that we have to have two services in here because of the people that are being brought to Christ. And we're having to talk about things Again, about what are we going to do with our Bible classes and we don't have enough room and what are we doing with our parking area and all these questions begin to come up about how do we fit everybody. I want those things to happen because that means the kingdom of God is advancing. So, let me get it personal again for just a moment. Guys, we all have our church sweet spot. And it's that time and place when church was impactful and meaningful and fulfilling. It's a time when things were done as they should be. And we all at times wish, we wish church could just be like it was back then. And so what we try to do is preserve and, and sometimes we try to force our church now to be like church then. But you understand the problem with that, right? The church then was made up of different people than the church now. And because church is people, churches will always change and look different. Locations will change, ministries will change, worship styles will change. They all change as the makeup of the church changes. And let's be honest, not all change is necessarily for the better. But this church cannot be like it was 40 or 20 or 10 or 5 years ago. Because we don't have the same people. We look different. We come from different places. And as more and more people become a part of the church, the church will continue to look different. And yet, while God's people change, God's mission for His people remains constant. And because of this, we must not make it difficult for those who are turning to Christ. Because of this, we cannot be ruled by fear. Because of this, we cannot just try to preserve the status quo. So going forward in the future, let's be bold. And let's be willing to be uncomfortable. Let's engage others in Jesus' conversations. And let's keep this place a place where outsiders can feel welcome. When we err, let us err on the side of grace. Because if we're going to make a mistake, then let's err on grace's side. Because aren't you glad that God erred on the side of grace in your situation? Aren't you glad that God didn't say, I'll love and accept you, but here are 613 things that you have to do first? And I can't close without saying this. If we want to resemble Christ as a church, then the most important thing that we will do in the future is love. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. I mentioned earlier how the Apostle John said that If you're going to be a follower of Christ, then you must walk in Jesus' steps. He's also the author that in chapter 3 of his first letter would say, this is the command that we receive from God. That you believe in Christ and you love one another. Everything else is commentary. He didn't say that, I did. Sometimes, folks, we make it so hard. We don't need Siri to tell us how to be the church of Christ. We just need to look to Christ. And so, we're going to err on the side of love. That means seeing beyond our nose. That means getting out of our own little cliques and comfort zones and recognizing that the people who come to be a part of this family. They have value by God, and they are loved mightily by God. That's why whenever we get together, you know what? It should be a family reunion type experience, but it should also be one of those experiences that you guys have had when you've gone to your favorite sporting event, and and you see another buddy and, and they're wearing your team's colors, and you have no idea who they are, but you begin to shout at them in a good way. I mean. It's roll tide and it, <laughs> excuse me. Um, <clears throat> that one's hard to say for an Auburn guy. It's War Eagle, it's Go Dogs, it's Go Gators, it's, can we have some Go Balls in here, right? Oh, there we go. We see these people, and we get so excited, and we're yelling, and we're screaming, we're going up, we're fist bumping, and we're chest bumping, and we're high-fiving. Why? Because we see somebody with a common connection. And if we're truly going to be a place of love, then that's how it needs to be when we come together here, as we're looking around and seeing others who have come for the purpose of being refueled and energized for the mission of Christ. And that's why we have the ministries that we have, and, and that's why we do the outreach that we do, and that's why we send the people that we send, and the different decisions that are made about finances, that's why those decisions are made. And you say, why do we do the things that we do? It's because we will love. We will not always do it well, but we will do it to the best of our ability. We will love God, we will share His grace, because that's who we are. And maybe one day someone can say of us, as Paul said of the church that was meeting in the region of Colossae, he said, I've heard of your faith. I've heard of your faith in Jesus Christ, and I've heard of the love that you have for one another. He says, it all stems from the hope that is assured for you in heaven. And it began, he says— ever since you first heard the good news. He said that good news is bearing fruit and it's multiplying and it's beginning to reach out beyond your borders and it's having an effect just as it changed lives in your presence the very first time that it was heard. I long for people to talk about our church like that, that we a place. Our lives have changed because we have shared the love of Jesus and the good news of His saving grace face to face and heart to heart we invite you to go on this journey that is the East Brainerd Church of Christ maybe to begin that journey you need to be baptized into Christ this morning because the love that you have for Him because of the love that He has for you Whatever your need might be, we encourage you to come as together, as a church, we stand and worship.